Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Mystic Show. Yes, it is Monday, November 25th, actually. And this is Thanksgiving week. And I uh, hope you had a good weekend as far as relaxation, maybe some fun, maybe some rejuvenation. Sometimes you need to just get away, huh? That's what those pause your life uh, meetups and retreats are really good at. Just helping you get away for a minute. Step aside and take a deep breath. So I'm happy to be here. This is the Mystic Show where we talk about all things unseen and otherworldly. We like discussing things that are beyond the material world. Of course, there's so much that's beyond the material world. All of our feelings, our emotions, our spirituality. And spirituality is what, uh, what this show is all about. Including mindfulness, right? Being mindful of what we're doing, not just being zombies. And, uh, and also a whole lot of personal development. Yes, because we can be... We can be very abstract and esoteric and logical and intellectual, and that's all wonderful. Hey, that rhymed. Um, But if we don't put spirituality into practice, if we don't live it, then then what good is it? it? Then it's almost just the same as gossip. So if you're on the spiritual path, congratulations. I mean, every human is, right? We're all here on the spiritual path. We're each on our own path. But when we become conscious of it, that's when we can cooperate with our higher self or God or the the ultimate or whatever you want to call it, right? We can actually cooperate and make much faster progress. So I don't know if you visited our website yet. Have you been there? Themysticshow.net themysticshow.net and there's our phone number and our Skype handle. Let me turn up the Skype ringer. So, um, yeah, you can call us on the phone or on Skype. Oh, let me turn on the, uh, the phone ringer too. There you go. And, uh, and you can also on the website, themysticshow.net, you can see all of our past episodes. Every single one is archived and it's cool because you can search by keyword. You can, there's a, there's a bunch of tags there. You can just look through the tags, all the interesting topics we've discussed. And you can see the episodes we've done and choose what you want to listen to. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Those are both uh, podcast directories. iTunes being the biggest one in the world. And Stitcher being a really cool and up-and-coming platform. So we're also on iTunes and Stitcher. And, uh, and really, I started this show to be helpful to you, the listener. And I think if you actually use the concepts and practices we discuss on this show, your spiritual growth will definitely have a big positive impact on your life. And we really would like to know if you're, you know, if you're thinking about the topics we talk about on this show and if you're talking to your friends and coworkers and family, if you have any ideas, go ahead and give us a call and share. You know, some of these concepts are great. You know, you bring up, you bring it up at dinner or uh, anywhere in the car 
start talking about it. People have different points of view, and they're a lot of times they're interesting. Most times, most times our points of view are completely wrong. Not completely wrong, but you know, need a little work. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to be open and uh, open to new ideas. So if you have an idea, definitely call up. All right. Well, it was just the weekend, and this is Thanksgiving week. Um, three days from now, it'll be Thanksgiving, and I like Thanksgiving because it's almost like it's a holiday for everyone, right? It's not tied to any religion. It's just Thanksgiving. Time to give thanks. Show some gratitude. I mean, I hope I hope we're incorporating the the meaning of Thanksgiving into Thanksgiving. I think in our modern world a lot of our holidays have become big commercial events. Right? Buy more Halloween candy, buy more Christmas ornaments and Hanukkah and everything else. And Thanksgiving's all about the turkey and the Black Friday sales and being upset that there's stores opening on Thanksgiving Day. Right? I hope we really stop and, you know, be grateful. I know in my house growing up, I mean, we we had Thanksgiving. That was like the only day that my dad would say grace. And, uh, you know, it's nice to hear that once a year. (laughs) But I don't know, almost every meal we should... We should be thankful for every meal we get, everything we get, right? And I just wanted to mention a few people in my life who, who've been really influential. And I don't know why, but the first person who, come, who came to my mind uh, this weekend and yesterday and this morning was my, um, well, he was, he was our algebra teacher, but he also taught us calculus. So we had him in, uh, I think we had him sophomore year. And then we had him again senior year, and uh, his name was Hank Dybel. And for those of you listening who knew Mr. Dybel, you knew what a what a great guy he was. Um, totally a character. I mean, there was there's nobody like him. And he was a great teacher. And he, I remember him saying at the end of our sophomore year, he says, you know, he says if. He says, and I'll see you back here in a couple of years if they don't find me dead in the stairwell. That was one, <laughs> that was one of his famous lines. And uh, he actually had all these little remarks that we called diabolisms because he would, he would use these little remarks. I can't think of it. I thought of one when, uh, when you're solving equations and you have to use the quadratic formula and it's, it's a really tough mess. He said, oh, if you can't do it the easy way, you're going to have to brute force it. So brute force it was one of his terms, but uh, what what an inspiration to me, um, you know, uh, encouraging me, uh, allowing me to be basically one of the two representatives of the school when we went to the math league competitions, and always very you know helpful and he just gave great answers. He was able to break it down into simple, understandable morsels that you could that you could get so and and I don't know why I, but I think he I in some way affected my life you know I, I and I really can't put my finger on it but somehow knowing him and being in his class and there was just an air about him that I liked and and you know that kind of thing influences us I mean you've 
you must have had a great teacher or, or several great teachers in your life. I think most of us have one that outshines the rest. Who, who was your teacher that influenced you the most? You know, maybe this is a thread that we can start talking about on Facebook or something, you know. The teachers that influenced you and that you're grateful for on this Thanksgiving week. And a little few stories about them. So if you're listening to this and you had Hank Dybul as a teacher and you liked him, and if you remember any of those Dybulisms, I, I think we should start uh, creating a list of all the Dybulisms we can think of. I think that would be great. So I might have to make a post on Facebook to all the uh, Mount Olive High School graduates. So then there was my baseball coach, Tom Hill. Tom Hill, again, total character, just different than the rest. I mean, I think he was, I think he taught some gym classes, but he was mainly the the baseball coach. And, um, and I think now he's, I think he's a referee in the NFL, I believe, because he used to, he used to referee some football here and there, but I think he, I think he's, I think he's in the NFL now. I think I saw him on TV a couple times. Anyway, he was my baseball coach. And again, that that was more um, every day, you know, because teaching people, teaching kids how to play baseball was, I mean, yeah, it's about baseball, but it's really not about baseball. It's about it's about self discipline and uh, and effort, right? And being true to yourself and putting in effort and being enthusiastic, you know. And also, the biggest thing is the mental toughness part of that. I mean, it's just, I don't think you can compete in any sport if you're not mentally tough because it's, it's not easy. So he, he had a big influence on me. He, he uh, you know, just about when you, get, when you get into the batter's box, I mean, you should really have the attitude, well, he said that you're going to knock the pitcher's cap off. You know, you're going to hit the ball back at him so hard it's going to knock his cap off, you know. It's kind of like a little defiant attitude, but not not only defiant, but strong and, you know, thinking on the positive side. And, um, and yeah, I remember him also telling us when we were doing a lot of drills and it was really hard, you know, practice was tough. And he'd say, hey, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And, you know, little things like that, you know, nothing... I don't even remember any exact quotes. I probably could if I thought about it for a while, but just in general, his attitude and, and he wasn't like a mean coach. He would, he wouldn't like yell at you. I mean, he would yell now and then (laughs) actually he'd, oh man, one time we lost the game and, (coughs) and we got on the bus to go home and some people were talking and he got up and I forget what he said, but it was basically like, everybody shut up. You, you're not going to play that badly and then, you know, have a fun bus ride home or something like that. You know how you know how coaches have to do that sometimes. You got to discipline the team, and and at the time, I mean, he's your coach, so you just accept it. It's um, you know, you don't hate the coach for that kind of stuff. You just do what the coach says, you know. And um, and I guess I'll just also mention. It's kind of obvious, but uh, my spiritual guide, who 
I found, or you might say he found me, uh, about 10, 11 years ago. And like I said, it goes without saying because without without learning from him for the past 10, 11 years, um, it, it's, my life would be completely different. And back then my life was completely different and it was pretty much a mess. Um, yeah, let's just leave it at that. A mess. <laughs> so uh, this journey of meditation and spiritual practice and cleaning has been Again, I can't even express how grateful I am to the process and the the experience and the teaching that he's given me. Um, You just, I mean, where else are you going to get that from, you know? I mean, a lot of times our parents are great and they give us really good things and they teach us great things. But like the highest spiritual wisdom um, from a person who has achieved such a high state, I mean, that's very, very rare. I mean, I like to think about it, like, think about, uh, for those of you who are Christian or or know anything about the Bible or Jesus, I mean, back when Jesus was around, people followed him around, you know, and meditated with him and listened to his teaching, right? And in a way, that's, there's gurus out there today who are, who are a very high spiritual level, and we can really learn from them. And, uh, and it's kind of sad when, when folks don't do that. Although you have to be ready for that, obviously. But when there's people here to teach us, uh, you know, the wise person takes their help. The wise, the wise human being says, hey, you've been on the spiritual path for many years. You've achieved something, which I don't really know what it is, but I want to find out. And you find out. You practice, feel, learn and over time you can kind of make an evaluation you can kind of evaluate if uh if the practice is for you or if that guru is for you and all this stuff so and that's easy that's the easy part i mean because you just know in your gut what's right for you and the other person i thought of and i don't again i don't know why um was a man named jerry cedrone and um I knew him about 13, 14 years ago when I was working in a uh, manufacturing plant, like where, a manufacturing warehouse. And he was like the the consultant who would come in every now and then and just walk around and make sure everything was... He was an older guy back then. I, I, I don't know if Jerry's still around. I didn't really know him that well, like I knew where he lived and all that. Um, but he... As far as managing other people, um, he gave me some real-world advice that was just invaluable because I was in a tough position at the time. I was managing people who were older than me, who had been with the company a lot longer than me, people who were all of a different race and kind of sneered at me. <laughs> it was when I think about it now it's actually kind of crazy. But I I I hung tough and um I was as nice as I could be. And that that itself was a learning experience. But Jerry gave me so much support and and um suggestions and tips about 
what to do and what not to do, you know, when you're managing other people. For instance, one time I remember I was, uh, you know, I was managing a department and one of the workers, I was helping one of the workers, you know, lift some things and move some things and what, whatever his job was, I was helping him a little bit. And Jerry walked by and he said, Chris, come here. And him and I walked a distance away and he says, look, don't do that. <laughs> I said, what? He said, don't do any work. <laughs> he says, your job is not to work. Your job is to manage and delegate and remain at a higher level to make sure things go well on a higher level. And there's so many reasons for that, right? That if you start working, then people are going to expect you to help them. Like that guy who I was helping, he would expect me to help tomorrow and the next day. So a little thing like that, you know, of of remaining uh, remaining in the position that you have and not trying to please everybody and do everything. Um, I thought that was... Anyway, when, when I say it right now, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but let me tell you, at the time, that that was like a huge piece of wisdom in my life, and I really appreciated it from Jerry. And again, he supported me as well. So, so this Thanksgiving week, I just wanted to give thanks to a handful of people who've affected my life. And I, I ask you, who has been an influence in your life? There's got to be two or three people in your life who you can look back and say, wow, thank you. And then, of course, when we look to the next phase, maybe we can uh, <clears throat> maybe we can be an influence on someone else's life. Now, it's hard to do that consciously, but guaranteed, if we become the people we ought to become, more spiritual, more helpful, more loving, more serving, if we become that, we will make a difference in people's lives. And maybe 30 years from now, Someone will be talking in a coffee shop somewhere or on a radio show and they'll say, you know what? I remember when this person really made an influence on my life. So I think we all have that capability and, uh, and I love it. What a, what a beautiful part of life that we can exchange wisdom and, and learn from each other and, uh, and also be grateful for it. So, so let's take uh let's take a quick break and maybe ponder those two or three people and uh either call us or post on our Facebook or Twitter or something. All right.
Yes, thank you to Anya for that musical interlude. Falling Embers by Anya. Nice piece. Beautiful, right? Just transports you into some other place. So, welcome back to The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran. We do the show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. It's a one-hour show. It also repeats uh, on the Fractal Stream, and that's the internet radio station we broadcast on. The Fractal Stream. It it uh, The show repeats at 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. every evening. And, uh, and, of course, on our website, all the episodes are archived, so you can listen to them on demand whenever you want to. Sitting at home in your pajamas or jogging on the streets or walking or cooking in your kitchen, feel free to have The Mystic Show with you. And... Uh, and yeah, our website is themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and feel free to give us a call. Our phone number's there, our, our Skype handle is there. And uh, and yeah, I just want to quickly mention that um, I got a note from a few listeners that, um, well, if you remember, Mystic Maria was on the show on this past Friday. She's uh, almost every Friday she's on the show, and we love that. Thank you, Mystic Maria. And uh, a few of our listeners really were, you know, the listeners really love Maria's stories. You know, the, the way she tells stories and the, it, so many nice stories she tells and the way she tells it, it's so helpful. Um, so I just wanted to acknowledge that. So um, I'm glad you guys like that. And thanks again to Mystic Maria for that. So we also on Friday, we finished up our last James Allen book, not the last one, the the previous one, I guess you could say, um, because we've read two so far. We started with Byways of Blessedness, and the one we just finished was called Above Life's Turmoil, and they're just fantastic books. Um, if you've heard any of the shows when I've been reading some of the passages, it's just awesome. Uh, really cuts to the truth, really just, you know, your heart just knows the truth when it knows the truth. And uh, and that just seems to be James Allen's writing. It's just like, wow. So simple and to the point, but, you know, it's such a powerful way to put things. I mean, in a few sentences, he could just change your life, it seems like. <laughs> you know, I think, I think he's probably on my list of people who I'm grateful for, <laughs> James Allen, even though, even though he passed away Geez, probably uh, easily 50 years before I was born. So uh, so the next book we're going to read, we're going to start right now. Are you guys ready? I know you're ready. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, ha- we're gonna read more James Allen books. I just want to tell you that because there's another one I found. And he, I think he has like 15 or 17 books altogether. There's another one I found and there's... There's a few others I found, but uh, we're going to read another one of James Allen books pretty soon. But but today we're going to start a new book, and it's not a very long book, which is nice. We like that. And it's a book that, you know, I um, I worked with Bob Proctor a little bit. Uh, he's a, pretty much uh, a famous author and speaker and, and personal development uh, expert or guru, whatever you want to call it. 
he um he was largely responsible for that DVD called The Secret. The DVD that was released in uh, I think it was 2006. It was all based around most a lot of his teaching and also you know the law of attraction. And of course the law of attraction being that whatever you think about you become but also whatever you think about you attract. So if you think bad thoughts and you're angry all the time, you're going to attract angry people and fights and all this stuff. But if you're like Mystic Maria and you always think loving thoughts and everything's great, life is wonderful, all just beauty beauty and wonder keeps coming your way, her her way. And and we so anyway, that's the law of attraction, but this book was recommended to me by Bob Proctor. This is one of his books that influenced him. And I read it, and I must say, I read this book, um, and yes, I'm purposefully waiting to give you the title. <laughs> so I read this book um, immediately before I went on a 13-day retreat. And I didn't do that on purpose, really, at all. I didn't plan that. I just happened to read the book like the week before. And it really influenced me a lot because the book is about, I'll tell, all right, I'll tell you the title. It's called Your Invisible Power by Genevieve B. Rand. Your Invisible Power. And uh, really, it's a book about visualization and manifestation. You know, how to make mental pictures of your goals and your desires and how to sort of coerce the universe into uh, materializing these things. So really it's about how to manifest your goals in your life. And I got to say right up front, and I'm probably going to mention this every single time we read this book. Um, in the book, she really is focused on material goals, you know, money, uh, things. And she talks about your desires. Uh, but let's keep in mind that you know, the principles that she's discussing are just as applicable in the spiritual realm as well as the material realm. So when you want to achieve spiritual goals or emotional goals, the same principles apply. And I think in the forward, which we're going to read in a minute, she does a really good job of uh, explaining a little bit about the fact that, you know, obtaining your desires is not just about getting every toy that you want to play with in life. And, you know, you know, to hell with everyone else, I'm going to get what I want. You know, that's not it. That's not it. So she's very clear on that. And I want to be very clear on that, that, you know, this is a show for you, the mystic in training, right? This is the mystic show when we're all about talking about higher values and spiritual values and spiritual ideas and tools and techniques and applying them. Uh, so keep in mind when we're reading this, when she talks about, you know, counting out $21,000 bills, that yes, she's talking about money and money is not anti-spiritual, first of all. And second of all, again, focus on the concept behind what she's saying. This is a it's a phenomenal concept that she talks about. And she, Genevieve Biren, the author, she actually studied with Thomas Troward. And Thomas Troward, actually I pulled it up on Wikipedia here. 
just so I could explain it to you quickly, he was an English author whose work influenced the New Thought movement, as well as uh, mystic Christianity. Um, He was a divisional judge in British-administered India, and his uh, avocation was the study of comparative religion. And after he retired in uh, 1896, he set out to apply logic and a judicial weighing of the evidence in the study of matters of cause and effect. And actually, um, you know, you've heard of William James, the philosopher. He basically uh, characterized uh, Thomas Troward's um, Edinburgh Lectures on Mental Science. I guess that's a book. Uh, Edinburgh Lectures on Mental Science. Um, William James said that it's far and away the ableist statement of philosophy he's met. So apparently Troward was really into like mental science and comparative religions and, you know, mysticism in general. And uh, his work is really deep. I've actually, I I have some Thomas Troward books. I haven't read them yet. You know, you know, we all have a pile of books that we bought that we didn't read yet. Uh, He's in there. Um, But anyway, the author of this book, Your Invisible Power, uh, Genevieve Birend, she studied with Thomas Troward. I think she learned about him, and and that was actually one of the things that she manifested, because she was living in New York City, and Thomas Troward was in England, and she was like, you know, I want to study with him, and he didn't take on pupils or anything, but she didn't care. She said, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go to England. She didn't have any money. But she said, I'm going to go to England and study with Thomas Troward. <laughs> she didn't have any money to travel, and the guy who she wanted to study with did not accept pupils. So what the heck was she thinking? Well, she actually explains it in this book, how she did it, and the principles she used, and the principles she learned from Thomas Troward. So it's a fascinating book. Um, let, I'll read the foreword today, and uh, we might read the first little passage as well. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take to read the forward. It's not that long, actually. So we will, and, and the first passage is not that long. So so let's get started. Um, I wonder if you've ever read this book. I'm just turning off the ringer of the phone. So, um, well, once I'm finished reading, go ahead and call up. I'll turn the ringers back on. All right, so let's get started here. This book, again, is called Your Invisible Power. And the author, Genevieve Berend, and this is the forward. These pages have been written with the purpose and hope that their suggestions may furnish you a key to open up the way to the attainment of your desires. And to explain that, fear should be entirely banished from your effort to obtain the possession of the things you desire. This presupposes, of course, that your desire for possession is based upon your aspiration for greater liberty. For example, you feel that the possession of more money, lands, or friends will make you happier. And your desire for possession of these things arises from a conviction that their possession will bring you liberty and happiness. 
in your effort to possess, you will discover that the thing you most and ultimately need is to be. Always, not spasmodically, your best self. That self which understands that the mistakes of those you love are simply misunderstandings. Your feeling that greater possessions, no matter of what kind they may be, will, of themselves, bring you contentment or happiness, is a misunderstanding. No person, place, or thing can give you happiness. They may give you cause for happiness and a feeling of contentment, but the joy of living comes from within. Therefore, it is here recommended, rather than otherwise, that you should make the effort to obtain the things which you feel will bring you joy, provided, as previously stated, that your desires are in accord with the joy of living. It is also desired in this volume to suggest the possibilities in store for all who make the persistent effort to understand the law of visual the law of visualization and make practical application of this knowledge on whatever plane he or she may be. The word effort as here employed is not intended to convey the idea of strain. All study and meditation should be without strain or tension. It has been my endeavor to show that by starting at the beginning of the creative action or the mental picture, certain corresponding results are sure to follow. While the laws of the universe cannot be altered, they can be made to work under specific conditions, thereby producing results for individual advancement which cannot be obtained under the spontaneous working of the law provided by nature. However far the suggestions I have given you of the possibilities in store for you through visualizing may carry you beyond your past experience, they nowhere break the continuity of the law of cause and effect. If through the suggestions here given, anyone is brought to realize that their mind is a center through and in which all power there is, is in operation, simply waiting to be given direction in the one and only way through which it can take specific action. And this means reaction in concrete or physical form, then the mission to which this book is dedicated has been fulfilled. Try to remember that the picture you think 
feel, and see is reflected into the universal mind. And by the natural law of reciprocal action, must return to you in either spiritual or physical form. Knowledge of this law of reciprocal action between the individual and the universal mind opens to you free access to all you may wish to possess or to be. It must be steadfastly borne in mind that all this can only be true for the individual who recognizes that they derive their power to make an abiding mental picture from the all-originating universal spirit of life, God, and can be used constructively only so long as it is employed and retained in harmony with the nature of the spirit which originated it. To ensure this, there must be no inversion of the thought of the individual regarding their relationship to this universal originating spirit, which is that of a son or daughter through which the parent mind acts and reacts. Thus conditioned, whatever you think and feel yourself to be, the creative spirit of life is bound to faithfully reproduce in a corresponding reaction. This is the great reason for picturing yourself and your affairs as you wish them to be as existing facts, though invisible to the physical eye, and live in your picture. An honest endeavor to do this, always recognizing that your own mind is a projection of the originating spirit, will prove to you that the best there is, is yours in all your ways. Genevieve B. Rand, September 1921 All right, so that's the foreword to this book, Your Invisible Power. And um, we'll just take a quick break. Through when your nights are lonely, through 
Okay, thank you, Sinead O'Connor, again. Right? So that was called This Is To Mother You, Sinead O'Connor. And you're listening to The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran, and uh, our website is themysticshow.net. Right? All of our previous episodes are archived there. You can find our phone number and our Skype handle. All right, I'm... I'm putting the Skype hand, the Skype ringer up. So now if you call on Skype, we'll hear it. And uh, and yeah, this is the show where we talk about spirituality, mindfulness, and a whole heaping spoonful <laughs> or serving of personal development. Right? I don't think there's a spoon that could handle that heapingness of what <laughs> of what we're talking about. This is some heavy stuff, right? Some deep stuff, I should say. So, right, there we go. We started our new book, Your Invisible Power. And I just want to bring your attention to one point that she mentioned in the forward. Um, yeah, because we're gonna, she, they're going to talk a lot about this. She's going to talk a lot about this. And also quote Thomas Troward as well. In fact, there's two, you know, passages where she cites uh, Tom, some Thomas Troward's writings in this book. And it's, I mean, unbelievable. I'm going to have to, it's not too long, but it's probably, I don't know, four or five paragraphs, but it is just amazing. Uh, okay. So this is uh, the thing I was talking about that she's going to talk a lot more about. Um, if through the suggestions here given, anyone is brought to realize that their mind is a center through and in which all power is there is in operation. So they, she talks, her and Troward talk about the center and our minds being a center of, the, of basically the creative power. And that's a little deep and we'll, we'll get more into that. She'll explain it and we'll talk more about it. Um, but yeah, this is a great book, Your Invisible Power, Genevieve B. Rend. Um, it's going to be fun. It'll probably take us a couple of weeks to read through it. It's not that long, but uh, really deep and nice stuff and practical. Because the whole thing with visualization is that, well, and thinking, is that we're always doing it. Even if you don't know you're doing it, you're doing it. So it's kind of like we should learn how to do it properly. And uh, so we can create in our lives what what is helpful to create, you know? And and again, you heard her talk that it's not about, uh, how did she put it? Yeah, she says, in your effort to possess, you will discover that the thing you most and ultimately need is to be always your best self. Right? So that's, again, this is at the root of all personal development, I think, right? That we have to be something. It's not a, it reminds me of a quote from one of my other mentors who I'm really grateful for. Um, and he said, uh, his name's Paul Hutsey. Hi, Paul. If you're listening, probably not listening, but maybe. Hi, Paul Hutsey. Uh, he, his quote was, in order to have something, you first have to be something. Let me repeat that. In order to have something, you first have to be something. And to me, what that means is that first you become something and then you get 
then you uh, then you attract the possession, let's say, into your life. It's not the other way around. You don't attract a possession and then become something. It's opposite. And let's let's use an example. Um, a Mercedes owner, the car, right? Let's say you want to own a Mercedes, right? It's kind of a high-end car, nice car, right? Let's say you want to own one. Well, before you buy one or before you even allow yourself to buy one, you have to see yourself as a Mercedes owner. You have to almost become a Mercedes owner, in quotes, before you buy the Mercedes or else you'll never buy it type thing. So you become something first and then you get the thing. And that's true with anything, with a business, with uh, with a husband, with a wife. Right, we're always, we always want we always want things to come into our lives. You know, everybody wants the best husband or the best wife, but they don't want to become something first. They just want someone to come into their life and take care of everything, change everything, and it doesn't work like that, right? We first have to become something, and once you become that something, you'll attract you you'll attract to you the things that you should have like the Mercedes car. So I thought that's a great quote. And Paul Hutsey, again, a big influence on my life, man. In fact, I interviewed him once and uh, I might have to post that interview somewhere. He's a great speaker. Great. Talk about great stories. Oh my goodness gracious. So, so much wisdom. Just wow. Um, All right. So basically I had another passage I wanted to read and, uh, and this is, I think this is important. And and I was going to talk about this other book too, which I'm, I think in the future I'm going to talk about a lot about this book, Anti-Fragile. I'll tell you about that when we get into it. I, in fact, I had a segment I wanted to talk about today about Anti-Fragile. But you know what? I'm going to get to it tomorrow because it's called The Great Turkey Problem. <laughs> it's And it's actually like a philosophical, um, it's a, not, it's a analogy that talks about turkeys during Thanksgiving, but it's very philosophical. It's very deep. Um, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, yeah. Uh, but right now I wanted to go back to our book, uh, 365 Dao, uh, daily meditations by Deng Ming Dao. And, uh, again, there's a passage for every day of the year, depending if you're in the Northern or Southern hemisphere. So you folks who are in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, yeah, if you want to know what your word of the day is or what the passage for the day is, go ahead and send me a message. You can send me, uh, anytime, send us a message through the uh, website, themysticshow.net and the Contact Us page. You just fill out a little form and click send and boom, we'll get it. So the passage that I want to read today is called, uh, and this well, first, let me tell you that this was the passage for yesterday. So this was for November 24th. Uh, today's the 25th. So it's called Presence. Presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Presence. And uh, I'll just go ahead and read it. Lightning Rod at the Pinnacle. Attracts power by its mere presence. 
in the same way, we must work for substance and height. If we want communion with heavenly powers, we need only attain the proper spiritual height. Then heaven will come to meet us as surely as lightning is attracted to a lightning rod. The effort is only in the becoming, in the purification of our characters in the reaching upward. Once the situation is correct, union is inevitable. Some people say, who cares about heaven? Some people say, why strain for refinement? Of course, no one is required to make an effort in life. We can all go the easy way. But then we are still lightning rods. Only the forces we attract are not the powers of heaven, but the powers of demons, misfortune, and predators. No, there is no true reason why anyone should want to purify for spiritual reasons. The fact is, no matter what kind of person you are, you will attract something to yourself. One of the major ways to control what comes to you is to refine your substance. So there you go. That's called Presence, uh, page 328 from 365DAO. And uh, I like that. And again, just by happenstance, it talks about becoming and, uh, you know, becoming something. Right? So did you ever think of yourself as a lightning rod? You know, you're, in a way, you're attracting something, whether it's uh, divine grace or, uh, or, you know, powers of demons and misfortune. Right? We're always attracting something. I mean, there's always things coming into our lives. And um, he says here that, uh, you know what? I don't even know if the author is a male or female. I've always been saying he, but uh, actually, now that I think about it, I'm not sure. I'll find out. But uh, the author says that there's really no reason why you should make effort to becoming more spiritual or to gaining, you know, spiritual growth. There's no reason. I mean, you, you, you can, you don't have to. You can live however you want, no problem. But what he's saying is that we're always, <laughs> we're always attracting things, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not. So it's just a matter of what you're attracting. And he says if we purify ourselves, if we work on ourselves and become better in character and like he says reaching upward you know if we put ourselves up higher and higher we're going to attract higher and higher grace and this one one of the things i like the best is he says uh right isn't this the best line right here 
Once the situation is correct, union is inevitable. So that, that should be a little reinforcement for us that, you know, when, when you really become something more subtle and light and spiritual and loving and serving and diminish your ego a lot, right? When you become that, union is there. I mean, these div- this divine awareness or divine realization, it, it's there. Like, it's not something we have to worry about. We just have to worry about purifying ourselves and being on the right path. And inevitably, we'll get the result that we want. It, it can't be held back from us. <laughs> I don't think. That's my opinion. What do you think? Yep, the phone is on. Is it on? Yes, the phone. <laughs> yes, the phone is on. So, see, lightning rod. Did, I, did you ever think of yourself as a lightning rod? I never did until this past weekend when I read this uh, passage. So today, wow, it's a lot about becoming, a lot about attracting into your life what you want. And um, again, it always comes back to our thinking. You know, I had a friend who sent me a video online about the uh, the Zeitgeist movement, which is basically a movement that wants to, that observes how society is really killing itself how, you know, human life on earth, we're wasting and we're killing each other and it's all about money and, you know, there's only a few people in power and we have to change all that, make life good for everybody on earth. Um, That's kind of the zeitgeist movement, which in essence, I totally agree with. I couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, But my friend sent me a video of a speaker who was talking about some of the aspects of this movement and, um, and it was a nice talk. And guess what? I wrote back to my friend. I said, hey, that's a great video. And you know what? It just, part of what the speaker said was that it's all, it all comes down to you and your thoughts. Because you can't change the world out there, just you, one person. But what you can change, what you have 100% control over, is your thoughts, your actions, and your words. So again, right, and this is, you know, how long have sages and saints been telling us this? It's all, we have to look inside. Outside is only a reflection of inside. Um, so I, I wrote to my friend, I said, see, it all comes back to thoughts and thinking and, you know, learning how to use our own mind. So, and that's, Really, the essence of a meditation, of, of a spiritual meditation practice, is learning how to utilize our own mind power. And that's really this new book we just started, Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Biran. That's what it's all about. How to use your mind power. Because you're thinking all day, every day. The problem is 99% of the thoughts are the same thoughts you thought yesterday and the day before and the week before and the month before, and the year before. So we have so much power inside of ourselves. It's right here. It couldn't be any closer to you. (laughs) But we don't know it's there. So 
So hopefully we can all listen to some of these divine teachers who are telling us to go inside, look inward, right? Spirituality looks inward. Religion looks outward. And it's not bad to look outward, but the, the, for the most part, we need to look inward. And that's where we're going to find our answers. That's how we're going to really make progress in our own lives. Because you can read anything in a book. Anything. But it doesn't mean anything to you until you experience it, until you learn it in your own life and understand it in your own life. That's when you truly understand. There's a big difference, I'm sure you realize, between knowledge and understanding. And understand true understanding only comes when we experience it in our own lives. So, I hope this uh, episode was as good for you as it was for me. Man, I'm happy we started our new book, Your Invisible Power. And um, we talked a lot about gratitude for this Thanksgiving week. So send me a note through the website. Send me a few names of people who've really influenced your life, who've made that big difference, that made all the difference in your life. We also talked about presence and becoming. Wow. Good stuff. And um, thanks for listening. And as you move through your day, maybe you can hang on to this vibration. Stay in this good mood. Stay in this good feeling. I should say it's kind of deeper than a mood. And uh, smile at some people. And, and as always, keep shining.